And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the Build or Sponsored We Are Me podcast. I'm Davey Rispin, that's a new tagline to the start of our podcast and we have to say we are absolutely delighted that John and Justin McCarty from Build or have come on board with the We Are Me team to sponsor our podcast and uh, we can't thank them enough. I love the sound of it Mickey, yeah it's, it's great and uh, thanks to the two boys obviously they're coming from, from a family and a background steeped in GEA with, with Waterstown and indeed Mead. Um, their brother, of course, Charles, played for Mead back in the day and uh, was a brilliant footballer for Waterstown, as were the two lads down through the years as well. And they are now, of course, involved with the Mead under-17 team. John is the manager and Justin is the selector. So um, it's, it's brilliant to have them on board and, and especially they're, they're such a good um, local company as well, pro- providing employment and you know, support as a, as a local business. So it's great to have the lads on board and, and we're, delighted, um, we're delighted to have them too. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, and uh, we want to thank all our listeners out there as well, because without our listeners, it wouldn't uh, be feasible for someone like Bill Dorr to uh, sponsor the show, and uh, we just want to give them a wee uh, plug. This time next week when we're doing the podcast, we will have their official advertisement up, but Bill Dorr cover all aspects of construction and maintenance. Contact Bill Dorr at info at or through their website, www.buildor.ie, for a quotation. So um, anybody out there, again, quote We Are Mead if you are going to be using Buildor or looking for a quote. You never know. I might even give you a discount. Uh, Davey, on this week's... He won't, he won't. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davey, on this week's Buildor sponsored We Are Mead podcast, we have plenty to be getting through. Uh, the Mead Hurling Championships, Club Championships were on this weekend. The Ladies Football Championships were on this weekend and we have results and semi-final pairings for most of them, I do believe. There is some uh, camogie results and fixtures to come through as well. And we will also be doing our predictions for round three of the Mead Football Championship in junior, intermediate and senior. We'll be finishing off with some Instagram as well. And don't forget, we will actually be going back to the proactive team of the week and player of the week, uh, which we announced after round two of the championship, and uh, Stephen Baxter and Proactive uh, have been absolutely amazing uh, by, uh, when coming on board as well to sponsor the team of the week and player of the week. And uh, the player of the week, obviously, last week was Oshin Riley from uh, Gail Collin Kill Kells, and we will have an interview with Oshin later in the show after he picked up his award from Stephen Baxter. We, didn't, we, we had a good crack over in Kells, Davey, when we went over to do the photo shoot and uh, to get the interview with the lads. And, uh, you know, Stephen Baxter, he's, he's just so enthusiastic. 
about the, the the football and 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 what's going on in mead at the minute because the football has been fantastic for the last number of weeks. Yeah, there really is a mead man jumping out of him, Mickey, and I'm not sure is he just depressed with the negative style of Cavan football or whatever it is, but he's actually come on board now to offer us another voucher every week that we have um, club football championship where we get a top score. And I suppose it's probably in, in sympathy for the likes of Pierre Fox, who scored 4-12 last week, but couldn't still muster the player of the week. So for an outstanding individual scoring performance like that, I think Stephen is going to sponsor a top score award now, as well as the, the regular player of the week, which is brilliant, you know. So we look forward to rolling that out next week. But as you say, Mickey, we had great crack over in Kells. We always, we always get a warm welcome over there. And we had, um, <laughs> we had horns beeping at us as we were. We were just outside the, the park, outside the, the pitch and the main gates and the, the old gates, I suppose, the old green gates. And uh, we were chatting to Oshin, And I'm not sure it was for us or probably for Oshin. You know, he's a local celebrity in Kells nowadays. And uh, plenty of people beeping as they were going by. But uh, great to catch up with Oshin as well, Mickey, um, on, on collecting his award too for his brilliant performance against and Peter's Dunboyan and indeed uh, Stephen Baxter as well good to have a chat with him yeah and, and we're looking forward to next week uh, next week's championship due to the fact that there is going to be that award as well for the top scorer you're going to see if we see anything like the scores that were put up last week it's going to make for a hell of a, a championship weekend next week but um, Davey we're going to move on with the podcast and I suppose we should probably start with their Mead Club Hurling Championship results from the weekend yeah, Mickey, so the first result up was, the, I suppose, the standout result from the weekend, and it took place on Saturday in the Ted Murtha Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship, where um, former five-in-a-row champions, Kiltail, were, were knocked out of the championship um, following their back-to-back losses. First, obviously, coming against Kildalki a fortnight ago, and the second one coming on Saturday at the hands of Retolt on a scoreline of 19 points to two goals and 12. So a one-point win for Retolt there. Um, to, to sensationally knock out uh, the former Kingpins, Kiltail, um, after two rounds. So that's that was the big result of the weekend. There was another couple of games on Saturday as well. They were in the intermediate, though. The first one we had was Boardsmill, 114, Gail Columkill, 14 points. The next one was a narrow victory for Drumree against Dundry. It was a scoreline of Drumree, 312, Dundry, 18 points. And the last one that took place on Saturday was also in the Intermediate Championship and there was a win for Kilskir Myla against Kaline on a scoreline of 3-11 to 3-7. So th- those were all the games on Saturday. And then today, Sunday, there was another uh, couple of games in the Senior Championship. The first one was, both of these took place in Navan, incidentally, and the first one was Longwood springing a bit of a surprise, not probably to the extent of the Retoke game, but Longwood 16 points, Kaline 14 points. So that's... Um, Resigns Kaline to, I think, a relegation playoff as well. They were beaten in round one as well, and a good win for Long One there. Um, in the other game, Kilmessen kept up their hopes of a quarter final appearance in Group B1 of the Senior Championship, defeating Blackhall Gales on a scoreline of 3 14 to 14 points. And there was a couple of games in the Junior uh, Hurling Championship, so Group B and Group C. The first one was a draw between Boardsmill and Kaldaki, 16 points apiece in that one. And the other game in Group C was also a draw. Clannagale, 15 points. Drumree, 112. So they were, sorry, there was another couple of games as well. I'm just missing them, brushing over them. There was a massive win for a tote, 722 to Nafina's nine points. That was in Group B of the Hurling Junior Hurling Championship. And the other one was another big win, this time for St. Peter's Dunbine, 714 to Ratmalines, 4 6. So they were all the results from the Hurling this weekend, Mick. Yeah, just going back to that uh, Retote win over Kiltail and, you know, absolutely massive. The first time in seven years Kiltail won't be in a senior hurling championship final and 
that's a remarkable record, as Fergal Lynch from the Meat Chronicle alluded to on Twitter. And uh, what an unbelievable team, to quote him. And, you know, what joy they've given their club over the last seven years and, 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 and have, have, have been unlucky, uh, been very unlucky in Leinster uh, competition club, ch- club championship. Yeah, and I think they've probably been a little bit unlucky this year as well, Mick, because you look at it, Kildalki were the team that dethroned them last year in the final. Um, they narrowly beat them in round one and were told to have been knocking on the door for countless years now, getting the semi-finals and, and pushing the likes of Kildalki and Kiltail really close. They had their day in the sun on Saturday beating, um, beating Kiltail. And, you know, in fairness to Kiltail, as true champions, they did come fighting back. They were five or six points down approaching injury time. And uh, they managed to roar back into it, but just ran out of time. They got a goal, I think, with the final puck of the game through Jack Regan to narrow the gap to one, but it just wasn't enough for them. And I suppose rather unthinkably, I think they're in some sort of relegation. I'm not really sure how it works because the groups are obviously different, but they are going to be in a relegation playoff of sorts. Um, Not that they'll probably get into too much trouble in it, but I suppose it is remarkable. It's a surprise, and it's probably more of a surprise than the fact that they're gone. It's not necessarily a massive surprise that Kildalki beat them in round one, or even Rato beat them in round two, um, especially when you look at the margins. There was very little in those games, and they could have easily gone the other way, and they could be two from two now, and we'd all say that everything is rosy in the garden. But that's just the nature of it. Good to see a really good competitive championship. Interestingly enough, all the games um, were very close, probably the exception being Kilmessen, who seemed to be bouncing back. That's two wins, I think, on the trot for them. And, and they're looking good for a quarterfinal spot again, which is great to see. Um, and I think it's going to come down to probably Kildalki and, and uh, Retote, the old foes. They're old friends um, in the last round of the championship. That could be a really special game um, for, for to see who's, who probably gets the more favourable semi-final. Yeah. I think that's how it works to get to play the second team in the group. But both are obviously true um, and they will be looking forward to either a quarterfinal or semi-final, depending on where they finish up. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, we know Kiltail will be back. You know, you can't, keep a, you can't keep a good man down for long, as they say. And Kiltail, you know, the kingpins of, of uh, Mead Hurland for so many years will be back at the top table in no time, I'm sure. Davey, we're going to move on now to the ladies' football results. And uh, you might have some fixtures as well for the semi-final pairings. Yeah, Mickey, I suppose it was a really big weekend in uh, the Mead Ladies Championship this weekend as the last round of group games came to an end um, throughout the weekend. And I suppose there was some eye-catching results and there was definitely some, you know, places to be played for in in both senior, intermediate and also junior championships. So I suppose the first we'll, we'll give you is the senior and it's Group A, the results... St. Peter's Dunboyne, who are going ever so well at the minute, 4.15 to Sanchez Towns, 2.12. And I suppose, just on a side note there, we, we've probably seen on Twitter that Mary Sheridan um, yeah. played her last game um, for Sanchez Town there. I think something like 25 years of playing adult football for Sanchez Town. Remarkable stuff there. So, probably just, just a mention for her in that. And in the other game, Simon St. Gales, who actually had a bit of work to do going into this game to ensure they were in the semi-final. They did it and some. They bet St. Michael's uh, with a resounding victory, 7-18 to St. Michael's 1-9. That game took place in Carlinstown. Um, and then in Group B, there was a brilliant win for Boards Mill on a scoreline at 2-6 to Dunham Ashburn's nine points. That was in Dunham Ashburn on Saturday. Tricky enough game in terms of elements. I actually watched that game. Uh, me ladies had streamed it through and my club mate, Jamie Costello, is over at Boards Mill and, and has done a brilliant job with them. 
So great win for them to go there. They were in relegation trouble at the start of the day and they almost ended up in the last four of the championship the way things panned out, but just missed out. And in the other game, a big win for Oldcastle, 5-13 to them, Nafina 15 points. So I suppose what it means for everything is the semi-final pairings are as follows. It's St. Peter's Dunboyne versus Oldcastle in the first semi-final and Dunhamer Ashburn versus Simonstown in the other one. And those games are to be played on Sunday, the 6th of September. Um, so this this day, two weeks, I think it is, yeah. This day, two weeks um, for them semi-finals. But um, then in relegation, I think St. Michael's and the FINA will be in that relegation playoff in the senior championship. So we don't have a date for that one, but I would presume it will be on the same day as that one. But uh, very interesting. And as you can see, Simonstown and Dunboyne finishing top of their own group. So they are on course to meet um, in the final, obviously, if, if it goes to script. But Oldcastle and Dunham Ashburn, I'm sure, will have something to say about that. Um, going on in, then into the Intermediate Championship and the results in Group A, St. Column Kills 1-5 for Toth 6-6. So a big win there for Toth. And in the other game in that group, it was Royal Gales, Dunshockland, 3-19, Dunsany 1-4, local derby there. In Group B, Navarro Mahoney's carrying on their excellent form from last year's Junior Championship success beating Summerhill but on a scoreline of 3-14 to Summerhill's 3-6. And in the other game, disappointing reading for the girls from Bormean, um, St. Ultons were beaten by D Rangers on a scoreline of 4-21 to St. Ultons 3-7. So the semi-final pairings um, in this group are Royal Gales versus Navanomani's. That is the potential to be a serious, serious game. Royal Gales obviously relegated from senior last year. Navanomani's coming up from junior mm-hmm. last year, obviously winning the Leinster en route. Um, and in the other game, it's D-Rangers versus Retoad. So two brilliant semi-finals. And the date is slightly different. Those games are going to be played on Wednesday, the 2nd of September. So that's Wednesday week, um, those two games. And then in the relegation, it's, as I said, not great reading for St. Ultimate's ladies having been relegated from senior just last year. They're, they're embroiled in another relegation battle where they'll face in column kills again. We don't have a date for that one, but that's a one-off uh, relegation playoff whenever it does take place. Then, finally, in the Junior A Championship, um, the scores we had in, there was just one game uh, this weekend played in Group A, and that was uh, Clannagale 3-8, Waterstown 9 points. The other game between Dulik Bellewstown and Simonstown's second team will take place today, actually. Um, I don't have a result for that one at the minute. I'll tr- we'll try and get something before the end of the show on that one. Um, but then in Group B, St. Pat's had a bye, which meant that the only other game was Screen, who beat Moila on a scoreline in 115-4 to four points and I do have the semi-final pairings. It is Clannagale versus St. Pat's and Screen versus Waterstown and those games will be played the same night as the intermediate games on Wednesday the 2nd of September. So you'll have the two intermediate and uh, junior games on the Wednesday and then the senior semi-finals will take place on the Sunday afternoon. Um, so that's all from the ladies. As I say, we'll try and get a result from the Simonstown game, but uh, nothing as of yet and it won't affect the overall parents for the semi-finals. The overall parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll be, uh, as you said, it won't make a difference. So uh, the semi-final parents are as they are and uh, hopefully we will get in contact with Fergal Harney during the week or maybe next weekend and get a bit of a preview to all the semi-finals of the um, Keypack Junior, Intermediate and Senior Ladies Football Championship uh, um, in Mead. So, yeah, Fergal Harney, we had him on last week on our Loyal Royals Patreon podcast and uh, it was absolutely brilliant to have him on. He's in his fifth year of his five-year tenure as the um, chairperson of the Ladies Football Board. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get him on next week for a preview. David, we might move on now then to some Camogie results of fixtures that you have. Yeah, the Camogie um, 
senior games which took place, they were round one games. And the first game, which I think we may have mentioned on last week's podcast because it was played on the Sunday, was Dundry beating Blackall Gales um, by eight points to five. Low scoring affair, I think, difficult conditions. That one was in Dundry. And then other games in that group, beating finalists last year and, and former, um, I suppose, I was going to say kingpins, but I suppose we should probably use the, the term queenpins if, that, if that's a word. Can we term that one, Mickey? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, coin, we'll, we'll coin that one, Zoe, will. Yeah, uh, Kilmesson, who beat Kiltail coming up from intermediate last year, they gave them a right old trim in 218 to 1-4. And the other two games in that group, Boards Mill have had a good victory away to Dunboyne on a scoreline of 110 to 1-4. And last year's champions, Nafina, just continuing on the similar trend, they beat Retoth, um, which was a repeat, I think, at the semi-final last year, where Retoth really ran them tight. But no such... Um, occurrence this year as Nafina beat them by 4.16 to 2.5 and I do have the fixtures for the senior this week now we don't have venues dates and times but we do have the fixtures which will 100% take place this week but we're just not sure when and, and where at this at this point in time but supposing group one Blackall Gales versus Kilmesson big game for Blackall Gales haven't been beaten by Dundry last week they're probably needing a result and they're playing Kilmesson so that should be a tough uh, assignment for them and Kiltail and Dundry so Kiltail coming off that big defeat against Kilmesson and Dundry coming off that good win against Blackhall Gale so big games there in Group 1 and in Group 2 it's Boards Mill versus Retoth and uh, Nafina at home to St Peter's Dunboyne so they're the games the four games in the Senior Championship this week and at the minute we just don't have dates and times Excellent and when we get the dates and times we'll share them on our social media across Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and uh, all other social medias that are out there. I think, Davey, you might be on TikTok and a few of them. You might be able to share them. I'm actually, I'm actually not on TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say you'd be able to do a few of the dances that you see on TikTok. All right, I'd say you've done them before. Um, uh, that's all the fixtures and results. So, Davey, what we might do now is we might move on to the predictions for uh, round three of the Mead Football Championships. And, uh, you know, there are some dead rubbers in some of the games, but in a lot of the games, it's going to be a case of either uh, a semi-final spot or getting into a relegation battle. So we do have a lot to get through. So we're going to start with the Chocolaterric Mead Junior Championship, and we're going to start with uh, Group D, I think it is. Um, and uh, the, the game in this one is a shootout. It's between St. Alton's and St. Bridget's, Davy, And um, this is an interesting one because, obviously, your loyalties lie in Courtown. Um, uh, but I've, I've, got, I've got a little thing going for uh, St. Bridget's of Ban McCree at the moment. And I'm going to go for uh, St. Bridget's win. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucas, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's it's a knockout game. It's essentially it's a quarter final, Mickey. And I just see value there with five points for St. Bridget's. That's probably why I think in a straight shootout, if it was on the nose, I would say St. Ultons. But the fact that probably I myself are dangling the carrot for St. Bridget's with giving them five points, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Bridget's as well. You're gonna go for Bridges in that one. So uh yeah, I, I suppose we're probably both thinking of the We Are Mead League table here in the GEA predictions that uh yeah. are obviously doing, and we're both thinking we need to rise up this table and uh, if we can pick up points anywhere, 
uh, we're going to try our best. So we're both going for a St. Bridget's win. The next one in Group C, see St. Vincent's taking on Slane. And I think this one is a top-of-the-table clash as well, Davy. And it's going to be a winner-takes-all. Not too much value with St. Vincent's being on two points, but I'm going to go for a St. Vincent's win here myself. Yeah, me too, Mickey. I think Slane need even more than just a win. I think they need to win by nine or ten points, so they have a huge task ahead of them. But for me, I just think St. Vincent's will be too strong, and I think they'll get their third win on the trot here. Yeah, we're both going to go for uh, St. Vincent's win. The next one in that group is uh, it's, 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 it's the bottom two clashing. It is Cortown, who lost already to St. Vincent's and Slane, and uh, Minolte. And Davy, I, I, I had to apologise to you the last time we were doing the predictions that I went for. Uh, I went against you. I went for St. Vincent's win. And uh, I'm going to apologise in advance again this week. I'm going for a minority win here, Davy. Um, I just think that with the players that Cortown are missing at, at the moment, um, I just I'm, I'm going to give minority the heads up here. I'm going to give them the nod. Mm, and I think they have an outside chance of, of squeaking through as well. They're actually second in the group, Mickey. I think at the minute because they did beat Slane the last day, so um, they'll be hoping that Slane will do them a favour by beating St Vincent's and Minaldi can get a win against ourselves and put up a big enough scoreline in doing so, um, which would give them a chance. So they do have a slight chance, but it's all dependent on St Vincent's losing against Slane. And uh, uh, you're going to go for your own home team, I take it, in this one, Davy. Yeah. Yeah, Davy's going for a quarter time win. We're going to move on now to Group B. And uh, the first one up we have here is Boards Mill versus Clonard. And... This is a this is a, a an interesting one, Davy, because Boards Mill have been an absolute revelation in that junior championship, and uh, Clonard are an experienced team with some good players, Adam Flanagan and the likes in their ranks. And uh, I'm going to give Boards Mill the nod here. I just think that uh, the way they've been playing um, and how they put it up to Can Ross and Beliver, they were very unlucky in both of those games not to win them, leading well at half time in both of them. I'm going to give them the nod here. Yeah, so am I, Mickey. I think, I think they deserve a win for their efforts thus far. And um, Clannard have taken a couple of beatings um, and Boards Mill have got a lot closer to the teams that Clannard have taken the beatings from. So on that basis alone, I think Boards Mill will pick up their first win in, uh, in the Junior A Championship this year. Yeah, we're both going to go for a Boards Mill win. And then the other game in that group is Carner Ross and Beliver. And this is, a, this is an absolute... Um, dinger of a game and uh, I'm finding it very very hard to pick a winner here Davy. I suppose thinking about it you know Frank Riley the last day 210 out of 214 they're going to need scorers from from all around the pitch um, Beliver of an unbelievable full forward line I'm actually going to go for a Beliver win here Davy. I've I've gone Karen Ross here, Mickey, and I can absolutely see where you're coming from with the Beliver pick. Uh, I don't know why you didn't pick a draw here, to be honest with you, yeah. because like I couldn't split them either. But I, I just kind of went with my neighbours, Karen Ross. Um, but I think you're 100 percent right. They're going to need more from uh, from the likes of Paddy McDermott and a couple of other lads to chip in and help Franco because Beliver, as you say, have scores in abundance. Um, so yeah, but I can't wait for this one either. It's going to be a humdinger. It really is. That's 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 really going to be the clash of the junior. Like that is probably the biggest clash in the junior championship. Um, yeah. Two really hot teams um, uh, going at it in that game. So um, that's one to watch out for. We're going to move on now to Group A, and the first one we can see there is Drumcondrath against St Mary's. And I, 
Davey, I'm going to go for a St. Mary's win in this one. I just think that Drumcondrick are going to... You know what I mean? I was going to say, like, you know, they've taken two heavy defeats already. And, you know, there might be a little bit of a sting in the tail in their last game. But yeah, I'm going to go but, for a St. Mary's win. Yeah, me too. Um, I think Drumcondrick may have a couple of bodies back, which, which would serve them well. But I just think St. Mary's... Um, they're they're probably approaching this game with, you know, with a, with a, with a more positive outlook on things. You know, Jim Connor might be a little bit down in the dumps, particularly after that such a heavy beating against Unsaney the last day. St Mary's will look to this game to try and get a confidence boost and win to go into maybe next year, and um, because they are quite a young panel, so I think a win will be more important to St Mary's here, if that makes sense. And I think they will get it as well. Yeah. I think I think a win is important to Drum Condrath as well after they're showing the last day against Unsaney. You know, it's a well a performance is probably <laughs> exactly maybe yeah. more important, but more yeah, important. definitely a result as well if they could. But yeah, I agree with you, Samaria. Yeah. Now the last game in the Chocolaterrick Junior Championship that we have on the predictions list is Dunsany and Cabride, and this one is a shootout again as well. Uh, the winner of this one going through to the semi-final, Kilbride on four points, Dunsany on four points. Very, very hard one to call. Kilbride are great value with five points, though, Davy. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to try and make a case for why I should pick Kilbride. But I'm going to let you talk first. I haven't picked who I'm going to go for yet. Yeah, like I, I've got, first off, I've gone for Dunsany, but I could see where you're coming from again with the five point thing. I mean, the fact that they're going into this game and it's a straight shootout and we're probably offering them five points is a little bit disrespectful, maybe, to them. Anson Bridget's for. For that reason alone, um, they'll go into it with a freedom. I just hope it's a it's a it's a competitive game throughout, and and I think it could be. You know, it's in Navan, obviously on on Sunday afternoon, and um, we'll we'll be there to cover it as well. But I've got I've just gone for Dunsany, but I I I do in my heart of hearts, I do hope Kilbride can really make a game of it and put it up to Dunsany. Yeah, I've um, I had picked Dunsany there a minute ago, and I was thinking that the experience. Of playing junior championship for so long and being at the top table in junior championship as well on many occasions that you know it's going to see them but then this is a very youthful Kilbride side and the open spaces of uh, of Park Tolchin could suit them but then you've got Pierre Fox on the other side of the coin and the open spaces of Park Tolchin is going to suit him as well mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm, I, I'm gonna go for a Kilbride win just just to go against you because I need to catch you. You're, you're yeah, yeah. Te- you're, I think you're 14 points ahead of me or something on the table at the moment. So, um, yeah, I have to pick up points wherever I can. So, it, yeah, I'm going to give Kilbride the nod here. I, I, yeah, it, it's done. Okay. It's locked in. It can't be changed. We're going to move on now to the Meat Potato Company uh, Intermediate Football Championship and we're going to start with Group E. Um, where there's five groups in the intermediate championship and Ballinlock and Longwood uh, in this one, Davy. And do you know, I I think Ballinlock are great value at four points. I think Longwood have been struggling. Yeah, both of them have been struggling, to yeah. be fair. And it's a straight shootout for all the wrong reasons. This is, again, we've mentioned it, but it's unthinkable to think that just less than two years ago, this was the intermediate final. And... Uh, Longwood subsequently went on to win it and go on and play senior football last year and, and Ballinlock stayed where they were. But look at Ballinlock have had a really tricky year off the pitch. It's been well documented in that. But you just you just do fancy them in, in these one-off games. But for me, I'm just going to give 
along with the nod on pure experience coming down and maybe even the win this weekend in the Senior Hurling Championship. I know there is a big crossover there and it might just give them a little bit of confidence going into the football one, but you're probably right. It should probably be a 50-50 game and you're getting an extra point for, for Ballinlock, so I could probably see where you're coming from, but I've just gone for Longwood myself here, so you'll be happy. Nice. <laughs> we, I, I am happy. I'm really happy and I'm delighted that you've gone for Longwood and I've gone for Ballinlock. And, uh, this week, you know, um, we're going to keep Susan Farley happy. Well, I am. You, well, you, you are, yeah. You, I, I am. You, you've, you've gone against her the last uh, uh, three weeks in a row. So um, this week I'm going for Ballinlock and I'm going to be the good luck charm that's going to get Ballinlock over the line this week. Um, moving on to the next game, and that's Clonagale against Mead Hill. And this is a really big one as well. I think Davy Clonagale have been uh, an, another one of those teams that have uh, been a revelation in, in moving up into the next grade. Um, youthful, um, big, big panel, loads of footballers in this team. Mead Hill, experienced, strong, tough. But I think most of these games, these big games are in part culture, aren't they? Yeah, are, yeah. I'm giving Clan McGill the, 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 the nod here. Yeah, well, you're giving yourselves a right good chance, Mickey, because I've come from Mead Hill here uh, myself. I, again, similar to, to a lot of the games that I've, you know, all to play for, I've, I've no real confidence behind it. Um, but I'm just giving it on pure experience and guile alone. And as you say, Mead Hill have that in abundance. They have plenty of battling qualities. Um, but Clan Gale, look, they've proved already that they they have the belief and they can go to the well. And they did it against Longwood the last day when they looked beaten only to pop up with a 63rd minute winner through Rory Chute. So they've given themselves an excellent chance of progression here. Look at, at the bottom line for both of these clubs. What an opportunity it is. Both of them fighting for a last four spot in the Intermediate Championship. I think it's fair to say that neither would have been really fancied to do so at the start before a ball was even kicked. But one of them this time next week will be sitting in the semi-finals of the Intermediate. What a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, you're going for Mead Hill, I'm going for Clonic Gale. Absolutely love it. Next game up, Davy, is Sidden and Dulik Bellustown. I'm going to go for a Dulik Bellustown win in this one. Yeah, me too. Um, Dulik needs, to not, they don't just need to win this game, they need to win it by, by a healthy margin. Um, to give themselves any chance of, well, not to give themselves any chance because they're hoping that Old Castle will do them a favour against Balnebracchi. But if they don't, Balnebracchi have that massive score difference because they built it up against Sid in the last day. So Dalik have to go out and do something similar, if not better, um, which probably doesn't make for good reading for Sidden, um, who are safe and, and I don't think they can get through. So it's, it's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, only one winner for me, Dalik Bellustown, I think. Yeah, we've both gone for uh, Dulik Bellustown. Um, Davy, the next game up uh, sees Balnebracchi taking on Oldcastle. And, and I suppose at the start of the season, you would have been thinking Oldcastle would have been up there for favourites um, in the Intermediate Championship. But it hasn't gone their way at all this year. Balnebracchi, however, on the other hand, have been absolutely brilliant. I'm going for a Balnebracchi win here. Yeah, likewise. Um, I think with Balnebracchi, we, we knew that it had come down to this game in terms of qualification, but what we didn't know is we probably thought that it would be a straight shootout between these two sides, Balnebracchi and Oldcastle, but it couldn't be any more different. Balnebracchi have it in their own hands, and they know that a win and a decent win at that should guarantee them um, a spot in the semi-finals. But Oldcastle, my word, like they can't get off the bottom of the group. Like Even a win by 50 points against uh, Balnebracchi on... 
next weekend cannot get them off the, the foot of the table. So they've con- they are consigned to the relegation playoffs. So it's incredible, really, to think that they were semi-finalists last year and fancied to probably go on and win the intermediate and then do so likewise this year. But just hasn't materialised, and I think Balnebracchi will continue on their winning ways here. Yeah, you're going for a Balnebracchi win uh, also. Uh, so the next game up in the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship sees Dundery taking on Blackhall Gales. And <laughs> this, Davey, this is, a, this, is a, this is an interesting one because it's, it's a dead rubber. Kilmainham have already topped that group in, yeah. in, in there. Um, and if you were looking at it again uh, only a few weeks ago, Dundery and Blackhall Gales, we would have been looking at this game as being... Um, you know the decider at the end of a group of round three games. It's not. It's a dead rubber, and I, I, I just, I'm just struggling to pick a winner here. Well, put it like this, right? Had it not been for Kilmainham's fine finish to the game against Blackhall Gales, where they kicked four points, the last four points of the game, Dundry would have gone into this game knowing that a win would guarantee them semi-final football um, this year whereas Kilmainham's strong finish beating Blackhall Gales has actually knocked not just Blackhall Gales out but also Dundry as you say which means it's a pointless game both of them on the end of defeats this weekend in the hurling as well <sighs> like I, I don't know what it means does it mean that which is which will prioritise the hurling less and <laughs> which dual players will and won't play in this game I've, I've gone for Dundry just because they're four points Mickey I haven't a clue who's going to win this game. Um, and anyone who, as, as Eamon Dunphy said in a famous story before, I think it was Japan and Russia in, in the World Cup, and he says, if you're trying to predict this game, you're a bluffer because you haven't a clue. And I think that's, that is the case for this one as well. I've gone for Dundry, but yeah. So you've gone for a Dundry win, and I've gone for a Blackhall Gales win. I suppose the reason why I'm going for a Blackhall Gales win, Davey, is I think it's, it's more important for Blackhall Gales to get the win here than it is for Dundry. Blackhall Gales are in a rebuilding process and this has been a brilliant year for them numbers-wise um, and regrouping as a club. And I think if they want that progression to 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 keep going next year, they're going to need to get the win and just, just to give them that little bit of boost going into next year. A loss here could set them back a couple of years, whereas a win could set them up nicely for next year. So I'm going to give Blackhall Gales the nod here against Dundry. Um, the next game sees Castledown taking on Kilmainham, and uh, this is this is this is just gas because Kilmainham are already true. This game is nothing. Uh, they can run out some players off the bench. Uh, Castletown have flattered to deceive really badly this year uh, in the championship when you consider their, their their exploits last year and being very unlucky not to be in a, an intermediate final. So. It, it, this is this is a difficult one. I'm going to give. Do you know what? I'm going to give Castleton the nod here. So I am. I think Kilmainham will be resting players. Will be uh, looking at bigger fish to fry in the semi final. It's a gas one because, like, it is a dead rubber, but it's not a dead rubber in the sense of Dundry and Blackhall Gills because both of them know it's their last game. Castletown know they have to come out and face the music in a relegation playoff, and Kilmainham know they have a massive game against Trim in the semi-finals to come. So, whilst there's nothing riding on this game, there's probably a lot that, you know, could potentially happen and that, that teams need to take away from it. I've, I've gone for Castleton as well, would you believe? Um, 
because I, I don't think Dylan Morgan will play for Kilmainham first off because he obviously picked up an injury and they'll be they'll be wrapping him in Cotton Wool for the semi-final. So he's a massive player gone from the forwards. I think they'll give game time to the four or five substitutes who come on. They'll probably start um, and they'll be looking to make an impression. But Castletown, similar to that, they'll be looking for A, a much improved performance and B, a positive result to go into those relegation playoffs. So I've gone for Castletown here, yeah. Same as you, Mickey. So we're both going for a Castleton win over Kilmainham. Look, it's a, it's a game that Kilmainham could just go out and say, look, lads, nobody get injured. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, well, and that's... Stay, stay out of the firing line, you know, and, uh, and keep themselves primed and ready for a semi-final. Like, do you risk Mickey Newman in this game? That's the question. Do you know, like, he's prone to injury. Um, he's been amazing so far for them this year. He's been available for all their games. So, you know, um, there's a couple of other players on that team who are... Who are imperative to them going forward do you do you risk them as well so yeah, yeah I, I just think it's a perfect opportunity for Martin McGovern and, and Kilmainham to rest a lot of players and, and get game time into players that they may need to call upon in the semi-final mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's an interesting one we're both going to go for Castleton um, so Kilmainham starts. Um we're going to move on now to the next game and that's Waterstown against St Michael's it is uh, the one and only Martin O'Connell the legend that is managing Waterstown going back to his home club of St. Michael's and uh, Davey again this is a tough one to call Waterstown have uh, uh, you know they've, they've, they've put in some good performances and St. Michael's as well it's it's a tough one to call yeah the standout game in the intermediate championship next weekend Mick and uh, you know Davey Wright is obviously a club made of mind I've said on, on several occasions and uh, I, I've been impressed with St. Michael's I said it for minute one that I expected them to go well and I think Progress for them would be a semi-final and it would represent an excellent year for them uh, to date. And I think they have every chance of doing it here. I think it'll be an extremely tight, close game. But if Barry O'Connell is suspended for Waterstown Martin's youngest son, he would be a damnable loss. Uh, there is talk of an appeal. I haven't heard anything, you know, if it's been successful or anything like that. But on the basis of that, I just would give Sir Michaels the nod. I just think they have such an abundance of, of scorers, to be honest with you, that if one of them maybe just doesn't click, that other lads can step up. They have a Shane McDonald, Davy Lynch, or a Meehan, Kieran uh, Lynch. Like, they've, they've a great spread across the board. Waterstown, if Barry's not around, a lot will depend on his brother Brian and Rory O'Dowd to chip in with scores. But you can't see a whole pile between it. I've just given some Michaels the nod, but I think it'll be really, really close. Yeah, I've given St. Michael's the nod here, and I think, you know, you couldn't rule out a draw on this one, and, uh, no. you know, you never know, Martin O'Connell and St. Michael's couldn't have a little pack beforehand and say, it'd be nice if neither of us lost this game. Um, but, no, uh, Martin O'Connell being the the man that he is, he'll go out to win that game, but we're both going to go for a St. Michael's win here. Um, the next game up is St. Pat's against Moila, and, you know, again, it, 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 there's nothing riding on this game I don't think Davy. and uh, I'm going to go for a St. Pat's win well there is it's uh, it's it's a winner takes all and winner, winner avoids the relegation playoff and, yeah, well, yeah I mean it is a big big game for both and you know Pat's as you say coming down from intermediate or from senior last year rather and it, it just hasn't been playing sailing for them their scoring has been good and that's probably the one criticism that you'd you'd have in Pat's for the last number of years they haven't scored enough but this year it's been actually keeping them out has been the problem and do you know what Mickey I've gone for mile here I just think this is an unbelievable opportunity for them to not go into the relegation playoffs so they can have a crack at this if they lose they lose to go into the playoffs everyone expected them to be in that anyway 
So they have a bit of a free hit here against the Pats where all the pressure is going to be on them. Um, and in a one-off game, if Myla can make it into a battle and a low-scoring one at that, I'd give them every chance in this one. And I think five points represents great value. Yeah, yeah, you're going you're gonna to try and uh, gain some points back on me there, but I've gone for some pats. We're going to move on now to Group A of the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship. And the first game up we see is Trim against Bechtov. Can Bechtov do what they did last year to Trim, maybe? I'm going for a Trim win here. I don't think they're, that Lightning is going to strike twice. No, they can't, Mickey. No, Trim are going to win this, um, and I think they could win it handsomely as well. Bechtov, I think, do have aspirations of somehow... Getting through, there is the, I don't know what needs to take place, but they, there is the slightest of chances, but I can't see it, to be honest with you. I think Trim and March on. Yeah, we're both going for a Trim win. And the last game sees Drumbarra taking, taking on Rat Kenny, and I've gone for a Rat Kenny win here. Yeah, likewise, Mickey. I think Drumbarra are consigned to the relegation playoffs, barring something ridiculous. I, I don't even know, can that take place to get them out of it? So... Um, Rakeni have stabilised after that disappointing result in, in round one and I think another win here would represent probably a decent year but unfortunately it just won't be enough had it been normal years they would have probably got through to a quarter final in second place but I expect them to beat Trumbara Yeah we're both going to go for a Rakeni win here and we're going to move on now to the Fairy House Steel Senior Championship and there are some tidy little games going on in this one First one that we see up, Davy, is St. Column Kills against uh, um, uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne. You know, this this game is, uh, again, it's a tough one <laughs> to call um, due to the fact that, you know, Dunboyne are going to be very disheartened after losing to Gail Column Kill Kells last week in the manner that they did. And for them, they have nothing to play for. Um, and they're going to be very disappointed because they would have been going in probably as confident as they've ever been about winning a senior championship because they had so many, they had everybody available. You know, they had Lennon back, they had Jones back, and they had the addition of Connor Bradley from uh, Rammer United in Virginia. So, and he's a quality footballer. So, there's not great value for Dunboyne at two points, but I'm going to go for a Dunboyne win here over St. Colin Kills. Yeah, I am as well. I think they, they are doing all right in the league. So maybe Conor O'Donoghue will look at the league as a potential um, avenue to, to keep the season alive with this game and, and to treat it with, with the utmost respect and get a result, which they'll want to do anyway. But it'll just give them a bit more of an incentive in this. Like, it is a bit unthinkable for Dunboyne to go into the last round of the group with nothing to play for. Um, but that that's where they're at, unfortunately. Um, St. Colm Gills are, are in the same boat, really. They've got the win against Dunshockland to keep them safe. Um, I think it was only their sixth ever win in senior football, even though they're up there three or four years. So wins have been hard to come by for them. Another one here would be a huge bonus to them. But I just I just think Dunboyne will have a little bit more, regardless of who and what they go out with. Yeah, um, it's it, 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 that's 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 the feeling I get from it as well. Moving on now to the final game in that group, and that is Gail Columkin against Dun Chocklin. And the scenario here is that Gail Columkin Kells are already through to a semi final, and Dun Chocklin are going to be in the relegation playoffs. So, um, who whose need is is greater here? It's Dun Chocklin, but can you see them getting the win against Gail Columkin? 
I, I, I st- no, I still can't because we know how relentless Kells are <laughs> and uh, they'll, they'll just go out and, and treat this like a county final probably, um, even though they, they are true to the last four. I think what they'll do is they'll try and get game time into probably some of the lads that maybe haven't uh, got much, maybe Philly Ward, Danny McGovern, Martin Barrett, um, could or could play from the start. I think they'll, they'll use that as an opportunity probably similar to their neighbours, Kilmainham in that sense, and, and Castletown, very similar to Dunshockland, they'll know they're going into a relegation battle and they'll be looking to get a result and maybe a positive performance out of this one. But, yeah, I just think Kells, um, I just think Kells will crack on, Mickey, and they'll want to keep the momentum and the winning, the winning momentum going and they, they should do so here. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I know they're going to arrest players and maybe give players a chance, but um, yeah, I'm going to still go for a Gale Column kill win. I think that they're going to have too much. And do you know what? Like, you're like the likes of Madamo and Bino and whatever, they're not players who like to, um, to rest, they like to mm. play. So I don't see them resting a whole pile of players, but maybe one or two. But I can see them just having too much for uh, Dunshock. And we're going to move on now to Nobber and Screen, and this is a huge huge game in, in, in Group C because the outcome of this is going to, it's, it, it could decide what's going to happen between relegation and a place in the semi-final depending on the other result as well. So, you know, if Nobber are to win and Simonson are to beat Rathout, it's going to come down to score difference. If Screen beat Nobber and Simonson beat Rathout, Simonson will get through. If That's all uh, irrespective of the fact that if Rathout win, it's all decided, Andy. Yeah, I I think look at from a promotion or sorry, promotion, a semi-final point of view, I think it's probably beyond number because of the the beating the tuck in round one against Retoth, because if it does come down to score difference, you know, that they will have a massive um deficit there going into that one. But <laughs> I was going to say it nearly feels a little bit unfair on Nobber having beaten Simonson the last day that they're not assured of their place, whereas other teams who have got a win already like it's in Column Gills or, or other teams who've got one win are already safe. It's just the nature of this group and it's been it's just been mad right right from probably minute one. But you know, a draw actually suits Nobber in this one that you know it gets them safe and it puts screen in the mire. Um I've gone one better though. I've gone for a Nobber win here. Um I just worry about screen. I, I didn't see enough uh, against Simonstown to suggest they're they're going anywhere near well enough. Um, and then obviously the last day they did ever so well probably up to about 40-50 minutes but ran out of juice against Retolt and Nobber could you imagine the confidence and the bounce that result against Simonson will give them um, so for me I think Nobber have a great opportunity to sink screen into relegation trouble here and get themselves safe um, with the most outside chance of getting through the group which I think probably won't happen but <laughs> I'm going to go Nobber here and and is that game in Park Tolchin? it's not no that's an interesting one, yeah. Like, um, if if you can stop a couple of the main players on on the screen team, you, you you're going a long way to uh, getting the results. So, I, I I'm still toying between you know all three ideas of a screen win, a draw, or a knobber win, um, and I think I'm going to agree with you and go for a knobber win here against screen, and that would be a huge, huge result. I think we're both both of us are just. Um, Losing the run of ourselves here, but we're going to go for a Nobber win, and everybody out in Nobber is probably kicking themselves, going, "What are they at? They should be going for screen or whatever." And they'll be raging with us, but that could be the impetus that gives Screen a little bit of a kick in the ass to go on and. and, and 
Isn't it amazing, Mickey? Like, could you imagine three weeks ago we were sitting here after a toad kicked the living daylights out of them and we said, oh yeah, Nabral beat screen here. Both of us said that. People would have thought we were absolutely nuts, but we've actually put in a, a solid case and a good argument for it. <laughs> Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to the other game in that group, and that's seeing Simon's turn coming up against Rotot. And this is a massive game. Uh, the you know the winner of this is well. If we're both going for another win and and Simonson win this game, we're, we're, we're going to leave it that it's going to come down to score difference. Um, I'm going to go for another win or sorry, a Simonson win in this one, Davy. Um, I just I just feel that you know Simonson have a massive point to prove coming off that uh, loss to Nava. Yeah, they do, and they have every bit to prove. Like I. <sighs> I, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen again similar even against screen. I didn't see enough to suggest that there were there would be contenders despite the win. And obviously the last day was just a horror show against Nabar. So um, I've gone for a tote to be honest. Which I, I I just I think the champions will just carry on and have an excellent opportunity to knock another big protagonist out of the championship before semi final stages. Yeah, and at this point, I'd like to advertise a position for a co-commentator or co-pundit on the We Are Beat podcast as Davey Rispin goes Until next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, no. I can, look, I can totally understand where you're coming from. Like, just, like anybody who's been following the form and uh, watching the games. Simonson are not firing on all cylinders. Like in fairness, they put in a good performance against uh, a really, really dogged Nobber side. Simonson scored 20 points and didn't win that game. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be working on, you know, tightening up the defence and, and, and adding maybe a couple of goals to their, to, to their, to, um, to their forward line. And I, look, I can't back against Simonson and you can't back against Corton, so uh, it's understandable. Um, we're going to move on now to our next game, and that's his Nafina taking on Dunamore ashburn Davy, And I'm going to go for a Dunamore ashburn win in this one. Yeah, massive game. Um, one of the biggest, probably the biggest in senior next weekend, I think, along with Simonson and Toth, obviously, with the most riding on it. And the winner, I won't say is guaranteed of a spot because if Sanchez were to beat Navin O'Mahony's in the next game, then it would come down to score difference. But uh, with Nafina's healthy win over Navin O'Mahony's the last day, they have a good score difference. And I've seen enough from them that day to convince me that they are good enough to beat this Dunham or Ashburn side, who, whilst they have two wins from two, they probably still haven't just improved enough to turn themselves into contenders. Um, and I've just gone for Nafina because they're the extra point here at four. So Nafina for me, Dunham Rashford for you, Mickey. Yeah, so we've we've plenty of differences. So uh, this is going to be an interesting one. So it is. Um, we're 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 both. Uh, so one of us is. If, if if all the results go the way I'm looking at them, um, I'm going to pass you out and, and by a long shot, Davy. But if if I get all these wrong. I'm going to be behind you so badly um, <laughs> uh, after round three, and obviously there's no round four. So uh, it's do or die at this stage. The next game sees O'Mahony's, Navin O'Mahony's taking on Centralstown Davy, and uh, I'm going to go for a Centralstown win here. I think Navin O'Mahony's are thin at the moment, and four points for Centralstown is great value. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Centralstown have a decent opportunity to. Number one, get themselves out of trouble, and two, give themselves a chance of getting through to the semi-finals. Um, and I just would worry about Navin and Mahnies with those injuries. Not really sure where they're at, some of the players, but 
James Riley's definitely didn't look great. Um, Comrick McGuinness and uh, Gary O'Brien, not sure how fit they'll be going into this game. So there's a lot of question marks over Navin O'Mahony's and uh, I think the unthinkable of them being embroiled in a relegation battle could become a stark reality in seven days' time. Yeah, um, it really could. Um, and that's a youthful Central Stone team. And, mm. you know, they've got, they've got huge numbers. Navin O'Mahony's are working off pin numbers and, uh, and you know, missing a few players as well this year. Giller gone to New York, I think it is. Uh, he's gone to, you know, um, obviously Oshin O'Brien gone back to Galway. Um, so we're moving on now to Group A. The first game sees Summerhill taking on Curraha. Davey, I'm going to go for a Summerhill win. Yeah, me too, Mickey. Curraha are consigned to the bottom of the table and Summerhill obviously cannot be toppled at the top. So, um I would expect Summerhill to probably put down a bit of a statement. And I think they need to, the, the two games that they've won so far haven't been convincing. This is a good opportunity for them now to put on a big performance, put on a bit of a show, get a big scoreline up and uh, put the fear of God into Retoth or Simonstown for a semi-final. Yeah, and Summerhill have a big squad as well. So they'll be able to bring in quality off the bench um, to give them something to think about for a semi-final. They're going to bring on players onto that field. Um, again, Curraha put up a great fight the last day as well, as mm. we said, against Minalvi, and uh, only for a goal fest that it was, um, you know, Curraha could have got something out of it. Um, moving on, the final game in the Ferry Steel Senior Championship on the prediction list is Wolf Tones against Minalvi. Davey, I'm going to guess that you've gone for Wolf Tones here, but I'm going for Minalvi. I think that Mark O'Sullivan and Killian O'Sullivan are in red-hot form in both of the games that they played against Summerhill. And against Coraha, they were in red-hot form. And I'm going to say they're going to continue it on into this game against Wolf Tones. I, I can't argue with you that the boys are in unbelievable form, but I would, I would say that defensively they've been suspect, to say the least. Um, they've conceded big scores, and I just think that the forward line of Wolf Tones have a great opportunity to fill their boots here. Um, and that's purely why I've, I've gone for a Tones win. You've gone for a Tones win? Excellent. Yeah. That's another one that we've uh, we've we've been different on. So that is really good. I'm just going to press send on this, Davy, because this is obviously um, my uh, predictions. So I'm just going to submit that. There it is. It's gone in. We'll figure out. Is it going to tell me how many points I'm possibly going to get? It hasn't, but uh, we will get an email from them, and I'll be able to tell you what my um, uh, possible score will be in uh, our predictions. Davey, we're going to move on now. That's all the, the predictions and championship games for next week looked at. So uh, we're going to move on now to Instagram. Oh, sorry. We better mention uh, uh, something that happened during the week. Actually, last week's proactive uh, team of the week. We announced that last Monday. And we were looking through that team of the week, Davey. And in fairness, even we spoke to Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control. And the, the, the scores... Phenomenal scoring last week. I think the forward line had scored something like um, four, six, eight. I think it was eight, eight goals and 54 points or something like that um, in the full forward line alone. And if you could get a full forward line clicking like that in any game, I think you'd mo- win most games. Yeah, I, Alan Tormey did the stats on that when he should have been working, I think. And he, he got the average as well for what... The average score was across the board and it was ridiculous. So, um, unbelievable. And we say it every week, but surely to God we cannot get 
we cannot get that again or we cannot get that and some I think it'll be hard to live up to it particularly entering round three but then again dead rubbers and that turn into real scoring fest and it's end to end and it's open football and there's no pressure or nothing riding on games so potentially we could definitely end up with that again but yeah let's look forward to it and see without putting too much pressure on the forwards all over the county <laughs> yeah and as you said like some of these games are going to be dead rubbers and there's a chance that somebody could go out in one of those games and just put in a phenomenal score and win the 50 euro voucher that uh, Stephen Baxter and Proactive Risk Control have going forward now for the top scorer each weekend yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I suppose it's all some lads have to play for in the championship next weekend. So um, <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Absolutely. And I suppose it's worth mentioning that obviously we have to be, we can only get to so many games and we can only see so many reports. So if there are some massive scores that we're probably not hearing about or at, and Jesus, let us know because it would be a travesty for someone to go out and score a massive scoreline and then not a report or, or at and about it. So you know, do get in touch with us if there is some big scores over the weekend, next weekend. Yeah, and next weekend as well, we'll be hoping that as many of our listeners uh, as possible will send in their nominations for the Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week and also for the Player of the Week next week. Um, I'm sure the players themselves will let uh, management know to make sure if they put up a big scoreline that they, they send it through to us so that we can find out who... Uh, uh, top scorer will be next week. And speaking of the proactive risk control team of the week, we also had the proactive risk control player of the week last week, and that was Ushin Riley of Gail Colum Kells after he scored two goals and two points from midfield against uh, Dunboyne and effectively knocked Dunboyne out of the midfield football uh, senior championship and put his side, Gail Colum Kells, through to another semi final. And we'll go to that interview just now. Delighted to be joined by the Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week, um, Oshin Riley from Gale Column Kale. Oshin, congratulations on the award, well deserved. Uh, 2 2, I think it was, at the weekend, and, and a brilliant win to boot. Yeah, um, ah, look, it was a massive win. Just the way things have fallen this year, you've only got your one one sort of shot at it. So, um, yeah, it was kind of fucking. Oh, I can't be swearing on this. Um, Carry on, <laughs> it was, all right. It was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're either in or out after this weekend. So, no, it was uh, no, a massive win. Everyone's delighted. And obviously, team of the week first and foremost, and then you're getting the player of the week accolade. You, stiff competition. There was a couple of lads at 110, but there was one fella in particular, 412, Pierre Fox. Yeah, I know. You'd have to be hard done by scoring 412. I wouldn't score 412 in the year, never mind in the, in the day. Um, no, but look, uh, no, it's a nice thing to have. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the, the win and everything to get off get that monkey off the back beating I suppose one of the perceived massive teams in, in the championship is and getting rid of them I suppose and Peter's done buying you know they're gone now yeah like it's sort of your other years um, your group games you weren't really getting rid of anybody you were just sort of making sure that you were getting through so no matter who you're playing the group games even if you bet them or you were beaten by them there was still a chance that you're going to kind of come up against them later on in the year mm. but um yeah, it's a little bit different this year. So, like certainly St Peter's, they were like one or two years ago, they're a massive team. So, yeah, certainly to to get ourselves in a position now that we're moving on to Dunshockling in two weeks is yeah, everyone's really happy with that. The Dunshockling game, obviously, I know the type is is you go out to win every game and that, but there is that safety blanket, obviously, that you're in the semi final with a game to spare, and and that's obviously great as well to have in the back of your mind. Yeah, hugely. So, like like Dunshockling are going to be easily turned over. So. 
to be able to, like you said, it's a safety blanket, but we're still going to try to push on, obviously, for for two weeks' time. They're not going to want to give up anything easy there. And they've got a couple of, they've got a big game coming up probably after us as well. So they're going to be really pushing on as well. Like. So, um, yeah, no, like like you said, it's it's a safety blanket, but nothing that you want to be resting their loads on. We'll have to mention the little brother. Like we've seen a bit of the telepathic understanding at times. He went out into midfield to allow you to go inside and do the damage. So he probably deserves a mention as well. You know, uh, it, was, it was a really good understanding. Yeah, no, hugely so. Like he's got some legs on him, and probably playing inside, it suits him. And then like you need when he gets outside around the middle field, he gets on a huge amount of ball. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there's plenty of boys there that absolutely like, just walked their socks off. Like I said, it fell to me nicely at the weekend, but it's built around hard work. Like without that bit of hard work, them them kind of chances don't fall and mm. just happen to be on the end of it. I have to ask as well, we've seen a few comments, I'm sure you've probably come across them yourself too, about maybe county scene and you know, would it be of interest that if you if you were asked what's what's your position on it? Have you been asked in before or you know Obviously you're focusing on Kells at the minute, yeah, but looking no. looking forward like Yeah, I know like Kells has always been number one, like we've kinda of always I know what it is about us, but maybe not getting to a senior final in the last five or six years, it's kinda of taken up everybody's everybody's focus. Like of course, yes, it may be nice to be asked then or whatever, but it hasn't worked out years previous, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried about that, like it's definitely Kells is to everyone's Everyone's far from to think of any of us. So you're not ruling it out just yet? No. Okay. We'll bring in the sponsor, Stephen Baxter from PRC. Stephen, um, Oshin collecting the award on behalf of himself, I suppose, but a, but a great performance to boot with Gail Colm Kill at the weekend. Yeah, n- another great performance by Cavs. We kind of keep an eye on them because they're close to us down here in Cavan, and it's great to see them going so well as as well. And just some great performances all over the team. And just listen to the podcast, and in fairness to these guys, you do savage amount of work and research into it. And I think two of the team didn't score at the weekend, which was <laughs> phenomenal. It was just actually very interesting to see. I suppose right throughout the whole country, you know, will county team managers take note of all the scoring that's taking place and will guys get called in to the county team just on performance, I think they should, but should, time will tell as well. So, no, it was great, some great scoring and in fairness to Oshin, he did very well to win it considering some of the performance that was in. I know Pierre scored, I think it was 4-12 in a, in a game, no matter what level you do, it, it's, it's serious stuff. But, you know, some great, great um, results there as well. I know Kilmainham we're talking about there as well. They've got fantastic um, results at the weekend. They're more or less in a, in, in a semi-final too. So, um, no, look, it's all to play for. So it's, it's going well and it's really interesting. It's great to see the scores. I think it's kind of putting interest into it and it's making people talk about other stuff rather than COVID, which is, is important for everyone in, in, in club life as well. And just on the scores... You are adding in yet another voucher for the third round of games going forward. Yeah, well, where are these vouchers coming from? I don't know, but I know Mickey Brennan's after transferring down the cabin, so it's fairly safe. We know where it's not going. <laughs> but I suppose it's for the likes of like Pierre Fox, as you say, with four twelve, yeah. and he's probably desperately unlucky to miss out. But you know, for the likes of those performances, a big tallies, they'll be rewarded. Going Absolutely, forward. and look, there's, there's clubs been clubs been mentioned now as well. I know in, in me, there's, there's a lot of competition at senior level, and it's a very strong senior championship competition. But you will have lads like that. I know. In the last round, Bell and the Krieg, a couple of guys in the in, in the team of the week as well. So they are being talked about the Gail Column Kills, the Summer Hills, the Dunbine. So it's important that everything gets mentioned. Look, whoever wins it, I'm sure there'll be a good bit of slagging about as well. But sure, that's what it's about as well. It'll probably be a fun, a bit of crack, and make life easier on you two guys as well. Yeah, Mickey Brennan, I suppose the, the decision we had to, to narrow it down to one player was extremely difficult. We had a lengthy argument on, on Sunday night, but Oshin eventually got the nod ahead of, I think, Franco and uh, 
box, obviously. Yeah, like, like you know, it was an exceptional weekend. And we did put it down to the fact that uh, Stephen Baxter and Proactive Risk Control have decided to, uh, you know, put out that voucher for, for the player of the week. And now they've made it even more difficult for managers out there because now every player on the team is going to be out for himself trying, to kick, trying to kick that fight. <laughs> exactly, Legoshi. Trying to kick that four goals and 12 points next week in, in round three of the championship. But look, in fairness, we, we looked, we had to take everything into... Um, uh, into into context uh, we put everything in context over last weekend and just the magnitude of the win for Kells over Dunboyne and the, the performance that Oshin put in w- was just exceptional and, and you know that's where we, we I know it was a hard decision when you see Frank O'Reilly hitting 210 um, uh, we, we talk about Pierre hitting the, the 412 and obviously um, um, Mickey Newman hitting 1-6 as well for um, for Kilmainham there was some savage performances, but just the magnitude of the win as uh, one of the Kells lads just drives by and just uh, tries to give Oshin a little bit of a dig there. Um, uh, I suppose, you know, like as, uh, as I was saying, just the magnitude of the win and the way that Kells went about it, uh, beating Dunboyne and the performance that Oshin put in on the day, he was well deserving of his Player of the Week award and, you know, nobody can take that away from him. Mm. Thanks a million again to Stephen Baxter from PRC for sponsoring the award and Toshin, congratulations and, and Gail Conkill. Um, we will have two awards coming up next week as well, so keep an eye out for that. So that was Oshin Riley of Gail Conkill Kells, the proactive risk control player of the week for round two of the Mead Football Championship. And for all your health and safety needs, consultancy and training, contact Stephen Baxter at email stephen at prc.ie. You can get him on his mobile 087-412-7603 or you can go straight to the website www.prc.ie and we want to thank Stephen um, uh, for his continued support and sponsoring of the Player of the Week and Top Scorer of the Week in the Mead Football Championship. We're going to move on now, Davy, and uh, we're going to go to Instagram. Um, this is this, I love this segment every week because it's so random and uh, you know we don't know whether there's people out there taking the mickey out of each other or if these are most of them, if some of them are actual genuine questions. But I'm hoping there's a question about knees this week. <laughs> the first one's from Colin McAreevy, and he says, any reporter jobs going next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I suppose, um, uh, you know, with the new restrictions, there is to be nobody, at, no spectators at any of these games. And uh, I, I suppose Colin is looking for a way to get in and see a match. And if he was commentating on a game, He'd be able to go in and watch it. But look, me and GA are going to be streaming a lot of the games and uh, the games uh, in Park Tolchin that are not being streamed, you can check out Davy Rispin on our Mixalore account for uh, a full live commentary on those games. Davy, next question. Next question is from Stevie Boy and he says, Kel Celtic versus OMP. Have you any idea what that's about, Mickey? Kel Celtic and OMP, uh, I, think they were, I think they were playing this weekend, actually. Um, I'm not sure how it went, but I think they were playing um, uh, maybe this morning on Sunday morning. And I think Sean Doyle, who was from Kenston, who played with OMP, had transferred over to Kel Celtic recently. So that was going to be an interesting game um, for the OMP lads because his brother is the manager of OMP United. Interesting one, Mickey. Um, Aaron Lynch uh, from Trim, he says, 18-year-old Sean Fitz out of the Trim setup, huge loss. Not sure what that one's about. He's uh, he's done well. He's done ever so well so far in this uh, 
championship to date. So this could be one of these random ones. Hopefully, uh, Lynch is taking the piss, but you just wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, it'd be terrible if that young Fitz was 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 out of the squad. But uh, maybe there's a bigger story there, and maybe he can get in contact with us and let us know um, what's happened and why the young man is out of the squad. Hmm. Next one is from anonymous uh, an anonymous user, and they want to know: Does Mickey Brennan not know the advanced mark rule? Ah, yes. This is this is this is. This is an, I did, how could it be anonymous? Did somebody set up an Instagram account just to ask? It looks that like question? it. Yeah, Stevie, did you ask that question? Did you? I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go and explain. No, 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 I I do know the advanced mark rule. I took a mark. I took a mark. I took a mark. When I had a goal on, but I took a mark. Okay. To take Come the here. points, take the at points. My, at my age, a 10-meter run towards the goals, <laughs> even, even when there's nobody on you, is, 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 is too much. And I would have been tired by the time I got to the goals. So I was like, no, take the mark, pop it over the bar. Keep the scoreboard ticking as they say. We'll come back to that one in a minute because oh, I know there is another one in uh, and it's not from me. Sophie Healy is next and she says, plenty of our lads togging out for this weekend's games. Don't know if that's reference to you or at Mickey, but, you know, probably just in general, maybe. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I think in general, you've, you, you've seen that across the board. Um, in every club, there's been lads coming back, coming out of the woodwork to play football. So, um, yeah, I'm just one of those old lads as well who was back playing football this weekend. So, uh, yeah. But uh, look, if the young lads, Davy, were doing their job right, the old lads wouldn't have to come out of retirement. That's very true, Mickey. Um, can't argue with you on that one. <laughs> Michael Tiernan is next up and he says, Clannagale losing Paul shoot next Sunday due to a date in the Waxies. Uh, well, look, that's understandable, so it is. Um, you know, don't know, is it, Mickey? It's a straight knockout game between themselves and Mead Hill and uh, he's bailing off on a date. And we did a poll to see would he be missed? And uh, it was unanimous no in favour of uh, Paul Shute not been missed. But look, he is a key cog in the wheel. I know he was taken off last week and I know the other Shute from cornerback showed him how the ball is put into the back of the net. So he probably has a bit to prove next weekend, Paul Shute. So I, I'd fully expect him to be in Alvin next weekend, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'd fully expect him to be on that date. Um, Paul Shute doesn't get... <laughs> Paul Chute doesn't get out on too many dates and he'll get, he'll, get, he'll get the chance to play loads of football. So if I was Paul Chute, I'd be grabbing this date by two hand, with two hands and, and not letting it go. <laughs> Peter Duffy, from one extreme to another, uh, says, still no sign of my sign boots off Rispin. Uh, well, that's a question for you, obviously. Yeah, I, he was looking for sign boots off me, or a sign boot, I think. Yeah, sign boot. He doesn't even want the two of them. He probably just wants the left foot. <laughs> um, would he, he wouldn't would want he, the right one. Would he not just ask me directly to do it? <laughs> oh, he wanted your boot. <laughs> he wanted mine, yeah. I know, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. He, I actually asked him, did he want yours? And he says, no. He says, yours wouldn't be nice enough for him. So, <laughs> um, Look, at, I'll see, can I do something for him? My boots should be out of use from probably next Friday onwards. So <laughs> he can, he's more than welcome to them. Um, uh, the next one is from Ronan Thompson. And he says, will the Bracks win the Premier Championship this year? And I was speaking from experience. We played them in the first round of this. And... Uh, I was very impressed with them, I have to say. We went up to Balnebracchi. God almighty, I have to go back up actually this week for a second minor game. But anyway, um, they were very good. And they I know they lost Trevor Bannon the last day to the first team he played against us. Um, excellent, excellent player. But even at that, they have the nucleus of a very good squad. 
and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went well in that. And they are in the semi-final now in it, I know for a fact, going into the last round. So maybe there could be Balnebracki's year in first and second team, possibly. But that's what I was going to say. You know, a lot of the time when you get your first team moving well, you, there's, there's a little bit of a lift for your second team. So, yeah, as long as their first team stays in the championship, that means that the level of training is going to be much higher as well. Um, and it will give them uh, a chance going forward to win that Premier Championship. Yeah. Uh, Jelly, the one and only from Simonstown Gales, he says, can Mickey clear it up? Was the goal chance on? <laughs> um, uh, from speaking to uh, somebody who was at the game, apparently the goal chance was on that uh, had I... Uh, the ball was floated in across the defender, and I was to the left of the goals, and I was turning he was he was kind of in front of me and I was turning towards goal and caught the ball over my head and had I turned one step to the right and gone for goal I had left the defender um in in my way but as I said it was at least 10 meters to that goal and uh, uh, there was no way I would have made it all that way and still have had the energy to shoot so took the mark you know took the mark better you know a, bur- a bird in the hand is worth three in the net <laughs> so to answer your question Jelly yeah the goal was on um, <laughs> Robert Purfield is next up and he says heard the Wallaces were tugged on the bench for Ratote's Premier Team last weekend and incidentally both of them were involved in the athletics the National Athletics Championships uh, this afternoon uh, Eamon's race was televised and I believe Joey was racing earlier on in the day but I don't think Mitt qualified for the final heat so um, potentially both of them were probably getting today over with and we may well see them at some stage in the coming weeks, which is a frightening prospect for teams and um, particularly Premier Premier defenders if, the, if they're only playing Premier football. Um, God help the second team defenders all over the county. But it uh, remains to be seen on the Wallaces. But that's an interesting rumour from Robert. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, you know, what an addition it would be to Ratot to have those two players back. Um, in time for the game next weekend against uh, uh, Simonstown, it'll be a huge boost for them uh, going forward. Yeah, it sure would. Um, Gary Kine, a clubmate of mine, absolutely ripping the piss out of us, and he says he wants St Paul's top ten. <laughs> uh, well, well, look, you'll have to get St Paul's um, up there beside Dunboyne to start sending us in some votes for their club uh, to be doing the top oh, 10. please don't. And, um, you know, it'll be short. Uh, I won't lie. <laughs> but, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd like to think I have a decent knowledge of, of most teams in the county, but I'll hold my hands up and say they're one team that I just wouldn't have a Scooby-Doo about. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's hope that's not for a while. Um because there'll be plenty of uh, uh, late nights and uh, not much sleep in the week of that. But uh, next up is from Cot O'Brien from Summerhill, and he says, Kiltail lost because of Ross Ryan's hair. Hashtag stack fact. Oh, that's a big statement, you know. Uh, could, could, could his hair have cost them um, their, their eighth final in a row? Um, that's, you know, t- t- did he not get a championship haircut? Or did he get a championship haircut and that was the he problem? Did, he did for the Summerhill game and then there was talk about the timber last week and I know they were away on holidays during the week and you kind of add up all these things and you're just not sure where it, where it equates for young Ross Ryan and that. But the hair certainly probably hasn't had the desired effect for Kiltail. But then in the same breath, it, it, it's done all right for Summerhill. So 
I think next week will probably tell a lot. He could be back to Brunette maybe next weekend um, for the football again. Yeah, um, I, it's look. We just just hope that it doesn't affect the football. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next one is from. Ronan Ryan, actually, coincidentally, um, as it happens, he's come in and he says, Jason Scully playing soccer and is now believed to be on trial with Reading Football Club. Oh, right. Um, is that a piss take or is that true? I don't know about the Reading bit, but I know he has been playing soccer because he did feature against Kells, uh, Kells Blackwater last week, where I think he notched a goal. Me daily covered the game at thrilling game I think it was 7-3 or 7-4 or something and another man with blonde highlights that you can't mistake so he is playing soccer but I don't know about the Reading bit I think that could be a little bit of a porky from Ronan Ryan yeah he'd be known for his porkies <laughs> Declan Dunn Deck Dunn he says will we play and county will we play any county games this year I think is what he what he's trying to ask it's looking ever more unlikely. Um, I would love to see it even behind closed doors myself. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there in the GAA fraternity giving out about the government at the moment. And, you know, it's not that I have any affiliation to the government at all in any way, shape or form. But, but to, 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 to hear the, 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 the GAA fraternity um, going out and uh, lambasting the government for this in a holier-than-thou way I think is absolutely disgusting I have to say and um, we all have seen and know of games where the rules were were broken and there was more than 200 people at the games so if you're going to if you're going to go out there and um, you know abuse the system uh, you have to expect to get a slap in the wrist right the government haven't come out and said well look you're abusing the 200 you know mm-hmm. so we have to put a stop to it they haven't said that but if they come out and said that you know Fair enough, but I think myself personally that that's the reason why it's it's behind closed doors at the minute. I I've seen games where there was over a thousand people at the games. Yeah, yeah, and and I have too. Unfortunately, the the vast majority, and I'm talking ninety eight, ninety ninety nine percent of the games haven't been. But I I just I watched the Kerry game today actually down uh, between uh, Legion and uh, I think it was can't even think of who they were playing, but it was uh, it was. Um, James Donahue's team. Anyway, Pat's plan was on the panel and uh, he talked a lot of sense before the game. He said Dingle played last night and he was talking to a mate of his who didn't get to the game, but he went up to the game in Dingle just to be there and he ended up watching the game in the pub, right? And he says the pub was packed. Everybody was eating, obviously, in that, but they were, you know, eating and drinking, but they were watching the game. And he says just a couple of hundred metres up the road, the game was taking place with not a sinner at it. In his own opinion, it would have been far more beneficial for people to be at the game at a socially distance, distance from each other than being in a packed pub just a couple of hundred metres up the road. And from that perspective, but, I can agree with it. Yeah, um, but that's, 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 again, a packed pub. It, the, the pub shouldn't be packed and they shouldn't no, be socially but, distanced. But, but there you go. Had, you had, know, and, had, had people been allowed, even the limited number of spectators, that guy included wouldn't have been in the pub. He would have probably been at the game. Um so look, I, 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 to be honest, which I still can't agree with this, the stance that no one can attend the games. Obviously, I think it's better that we have games and nobody's at them than having no games at than all. Having no games at all, one. yeah, yeah. Now that's one hundred percent. Getting back to the point there from Deck Dunn, the only problem with like I, I would love to see the games going ahead, no matter what, uh, if there's crowds or no crowds. The only problem I was talking to somebody today is that the cost 
to a county board to yeah. run the games is going to be, you know, €100,000 plus. And with no revenue coming in at all, they would need subs, uh, subsidising from, from the government. So it's, it's, it's really up in the air. And at this stage, I don't think we'll see any county football themselves this year. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent right on the costings of it because I was just saying to you actually on the phone earlier on about Joe Brawley's article in today's Independent, and he said that he believes Derry are really struggling and they're strongly considering pulling out of this year's um, intercounty championship for that reason alone because purely they don't have funds coming in. Colin O'Rourke touched on it in his piece as well, and he said, "Look, the, a good gate in the county final would bring in anything up to a hundred thousand, whereas this year, what's it going to bring in?" whatever you make probably on a bit of a streaming service. That's unfortunately the, the reality of it all. So yeah, that, that's another argument. And then you bring in the smaller clubs, would they really, you know, decide to go forward having, you know, but that's, that's another day's conversation, but um, we'll see what happens. Well, just, um, before you, just, yeah. just before you go on again, uh, I think it was uh, Joe Brawley was either on the radio or something, um, uh, or he was doing an interview on TV in the last day or two. And, and he was saying, that Derry are actually um, thinking of pulling their county That's, team. Uh, you just said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah sorry. You're okay. <laughs> um, Sean Doyle is next, and he says, Drumree sending Dundry packing, and that was, of course, in the Intermediate Hurling Championship this weekend, um, and it probably caps off a miserable uh, Championship 2020 for Dundry, really. Great win for Drumree as well, you have to say. You know, good win for them in the Intermediate, but uh, bad, bad year for Dundry. Yeah, really bad deal for Dundry, and you know it's uh, they've really struggled this year. And uh, you'd, you'd wonder, is there something going on out there? Because it, it's not like them. No, absolutely, Mickey. It's not. Uh, Emer Mac. I don't have a second in, but Emer Mac wants to know about Colm O'Mwayloge's obsession with the Kellys of her toad and their beer garden in their back garden. <laughs> that's that's something that has happened uh, across the country is these little she beans let's just call them yeah. uh, popping up in people's back gardens so uh, yeah um <laughs> and I'm not I, I didn't hear Colm's commentary today uh, but I will ask him next weekend if I do see him in Nav and what's the crack or is he just looking for an invite to the bar potentially maybe that is the that is what he's looking for um, the next one is from Adam I think it's Adam Adam T, I don't have a second name again, apologies. But he says, Orla Finnegan being the best Finnegan in the household. And she is, of course, um, one of the Census Town uh, Finnegans. And she is, a, I think, a sister of Colm, or of Cahill, rather, Colm Finnegan, who's a gifted footballer as well. But she's obviously pulling up trees for the Census Town ladies as well. So, you know, fair play to her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, Mickey. Uh, we are getting through them. I know there's there's a lot, and there has been for the last number of weeks. But Shane Crosby... Shane Crosby coming in with one about Jamie Flatterty, who, of course, was the winner of the GA prediction sheets last week. So congratulations to Jamie. But Shane is wondering about his predators. He says, did Jamie Flatterty get his fake preds in a cereal box? <laughs> <laughs> and, and as it happens, Jamie actually sent in or tagged us in a post there in the last few minutes um, with the preds. And he says, fake it till you make it. And they look fairly real to me. I'll send you on a picture, Mickey. But I can only assume with his 100 euro uh, top prize from last week's um, prediction sheets that he's gone and bought himself a pair of new boots. 
Yeah, I, I just hope he didn't buy them off Wish or AliExpress. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, take, it'd take much longer for them to arrive, Mickey, if he did. <laughs> true, <laughs> he would true. As quick. Um, it'd be next year's championship he'd have them. Uh, Tom O'Connor in, and he says, we're told for the senior double. Won't be stopped. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, the, it's on. You know, the, is, the, yeah. the, the senior double is on. And, and, and when was the last time the senior double was done in Mead? Um, hurling and football um, I'd say you'd have to go back quite a while for. I suppose if you, if you count maybe Summerhill and Kiltail it's the same double but yeah I, I'd say double from one club you know that kind of way um, you can't be an amalgamation um, mm. I'd say you'd have to go back quite a few years and it really is on and we did say that Rathout were making great strides in the hurling uh, last year and that, were a te- that they were a team to watch um, they've won their football senior championship last year. Their football senior footballers are going well this year. There's no reason why that double couldn't become a reality. Mm, absolutely. Fionn Smith doesn't agree with it and he says Kells would destroy Retort. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we said, as I've been saying all year, it's set up for Kells. This is if ever there's a year that's that Kells are going to win a championship, it could be this year. And in fairness, I do think that they're the only team that probably could stop Rathold. Thomas Darby said Simonstown and Dunshockland played in a friendly today. Didn't hear how it went, Mickey, did you? Uh, I didn't hear how that went at all, um, but I can't imagine it being too friendly. <laughs> Never is when these two meet. Um, incidentally, Sean Tobin then has been in touch and he says, is Brian Conlon a turtle? Um, you know, there, 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 it hasn't been confirmed. Um, but, <laughs> he's in for testing the minute. Yeah, he's <laughs> in for testing. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know there was a case of COVID um, uh, in Simonstown last week, and now there's, there, there, there's a case of, of turtleitis, and, uh, and that Brian Conlon may need to be tested um, to see if he is actually a turtle or not. I think that may have something to do with maybe his ball handling or something like that. I know, oh I know, I know you could probably call him a monkey, never mind a turtle, because the man loves climbing. He just, trees, ropes, buildings, you name it. Breen Conlon, if you put something big in front of him and tell him he can't climb it, he'll bloody climb it. Interesting. Uh, I won't ask you why or how or you know your experiences of that because I'm sure you have a few tales you'd be able to tell. But <laughs> honestly, <laughs> okay, that's another podcast. Um, Matthew Brennan is next, and he says Curraha to beat Summerhill. Curraha to beat Summerhill. Yeah, like uh, again, we talked about that in the predictions, and you know, um, Curraha. Again, you know, played really well against Minalvi last week, and and if it wasn't for the goal fest that was, you know, would have got something out of that game, and and, and they've acquitted themselves quite well. And um, yeah. Summerhill are already through to a quarter final or semi final, so again, there's nothing in it for them. Curaha could be, you know, going in there looking for a bit of, um, you know, a good end to the season, basically. Yeah. Uh, Tom O'Connor's back in touch and he says, can we get the spelling of Curaha right? He says, uh, there is no G. And that's in relation to Matthew Brennan's previous question where he spelled Curaha C-U-R-R-A-G-H. A-G-H-A. So yeah. there is no G. And in fairness to Matthew Brennan, he did get in touch with us and he says, apologies, that was the autocorrect. He says, there is no G on it. So No, there's no G on it. And, you know, if we start bringing up spelling corrections, we'll have every club in the county in trouble because none of them can spell Centralston. 
No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, very true. Um, Owen J. Brennan says more on the minor. And in fairness, we will have more on the minor because I know the last round of group games is taking place this week uh, on Wednesday night. So we'll probably have a better picture of the semi-final lineups in the minor come uh, this podcast next week, please, God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, Harry Dunn, he says, will Connor McCluskey get the call up um, to the tones? And we actually had somebody then getting in touch with us. Let me j- just bear with me for a second. And he said uh, he's been playing great football and has, has and has the best left foot in Gibstown, in my own opinion. Uh, that was from Conal O'Farry. So uh, strong praise to back up that uh, question. Yeah, and uh, Wolf Tones had a big game this weekend and I'll be hoping that uh, uh, they don't call him up if he's in that good a form because, Davey, you've picked the Wolf Tones win and I've gone for a Winalvi win. So um, anything to uh, to help me get across the line in that one would uh, would be of great help. Yeah. Uh, Darren McGill, brother of senior footballer, Connor has got in touch and he says, why isn't Ross White still not tugged out for a tote this year? And the, the, probably the only thing in my mind I could think of is because of the work he's been doing on Twitter. If you go and follow this guy, he's absolutely brilliant. His live tweeting in the games and, and the humour he brings to the whole thing and everything is something uh, different level. So maybe if he started playing for a toad, that might just take away from the whole match day experience, maybe. Yeah, and, and, and their social media following would, would be gone. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah um, understandable. But like, I, I just don't understand why a club mate has to ask us here in the We Are Mead team about his own clubmate, you know, um, that, that, that's just bizarre. But uh, Darren McGill and, 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 and obviously the brother Connor, great haircuts this this, uh, this <laughs> They did, in fairness. Uh, we have three from Adam McDonald, so bear with me. The first one, he says, Connor Frayne and Barry Dardis to, to destroy the ha. Oh, yeah, well, you can talk about that one. Um, yeah, well, we've both gone for Summerhill so I don't know about destroying them but we would fancy Conor Frayne and Barry to do a little bit of damage as well the next one is he said Jack O'Connor won't get a sniff on the ball with John Keane on him don't know about that either but there'll be a very good duel between the two two excellent up and coming young footballers in the county so that will be one not to be missed and the last one from Adam says Ross Ryan Eminem wannabe with the hair Makes him run faster, though. <laughs> um, I'm guessing it's the blonde hair again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, like one week, the, the one week to say he's slow because he's carrying weight, and and this, and next week he's he's fast because he has bleach blonde hair. So I don't know. It must be um, a go faster stripe he got, is it? No, it's kind of all over. To be fair, it's it's very unusual. But uh, look, they're giving us great mileage out in Summerhill as they always do. So you know, fair fair juice to them. Um, the last one you'd be delighted here, Mickey, is from Louis uh, Colrain, and he says Jason Scully taking the basketball job full time and packing in the football. So Scully, not just soccer, but a basketball. We believe it's incredible. Well. This guy is just multi talented, um, and you know, at this stage. Uh, there could be fears that he could be going to uh, Australia to play Aussie rules football as well, uh, from what I'm hearing on the ground. Mm. And uh, obviously there's the soccer, there's the basketball. And, um, you know, if he keeps this going, he could end up playing Shinty for Ireland as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there wouldn't be too much hurling down in Oldcastle now, to be fair. No, but they like holding sticks, I can tell you. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that's, that everything that's, all, that's all would you believe Mickey 
Oh, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. There's no more. <laughs> it's only taken half an hour tonight. Yeah, well, we come back to you in just a moment, Davey. Um, you'll be obviously giving the predictions a little bit of a plug, but um, on our Loyal Royals um, Patreon podcast this week, look out for those. We have the 10 best since 2010 for Drumbarra coming up this week. And we also will have the preview of the Mead football championships that are taking place next week. That podcast will be coming out at some stage during the week. And that is, we'll go into depth on all the games in that one. Um, also, we want to thank uh, Stephen Maxwell from Proactive uh, Risk Control for our uh, uh, sponsorship of our team of the week. And we also, again, want to thank Bildor, um, who are now our main sponsor of the We Are Mead podcast. And it's great. Um, that they've jumped on board. Buildor cover all aspects of construction and maintenance. Contact Buildor at info at Buildor.ie or through their website www.buildor.ie for a quotation. And you can get in contact with John or Justin McCarthy. So um, again, we want to thank Buildor for coming on board here with the We Are Mead team. Davy, I'm sure you will want to give your GA predictions a little bit of a before um, the final round of games take place. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Last round, uh, third round, another 150 euro up for grabs. Great to see a We Are Mead listener actually winning it last week with Jamie Flatterty, as we mentioned already, from Delique Bellewstown winning out and um, beating our own Glenn Lockram by a solitary points. Uh, excellent scores. I think 74 and 73. Ridiculous scoring by the two lads. Both of them only got two results wrong. Um, so look at getting get, you have until Friday evening it is gapredictions.com uh, you can fill out the junior intermediate and senior as they say 150 euro up for grabs and for anyone in the We Are Mead League uh, don't forget to enter as well even if you paid for the three rounds because it is getting tight at the top um, I think Owen Griffin and Shane McNiff off the top of my head were in the leading definitely going into the last week but there is a lot of people with chances myself and yourself Mickey were probably just playing for pride at this stage but um, particularly after some of our selections for this week so we'll, we'll, need, <laughs> we'll need some sort of miracle for us to end up at the top of the pile but it's been good crack as always it has indeed, and uh, I'm looking forward to the final week of predictions. Um, we want to ask all our uh, listeners out there to support our sponsors, um, the ones that we have mentioned, Build or and uh, Proactive Risk Control, at any chance that you can. And, uh, you know, uh, we just want to thank them for, for, for being involved, as we said already. That's it for the Build or sponsored We Are Me podcast for this week. Remember, We Are Me, why it matters more.